there is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amaryllis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader. And this is your life, Altered. Hello, beautiful starseeds. Welcome back to the Altered podcast. And happy fall. So I think the last podcast that I recorded, it was uh, just before the equinox, and now we are officially in the season of fall here in the Northern Hemisphere. So this episode today is about fall wellness, especially for starseeds, but for anybody. I'm going to base this off of Ayurvedic principles. I'm an Ayurvedic health counselor. I studied at the California College of Ayurveda. This is a science that is as ancient as yoga, and it's very much a science about how to live your daily life, and it goes alongside with aligning with nature. So these are very practical tips for staying balanced and well throughout fall and winter. Before we get into this, I just wanted to say that if you have been feeling that things are shifting and changing and that things feel challenging right now, I can certainly attest to that. These past couple of weeks have been very challenging for me for a lot of personal reasons. Um, And it almost feels like I'm being tested, like I'm I'm being pushed and pushed and pushed to say, are you going to respond in the same way? Are you going to react in the same way? And um, in some ways, yes, but then in other ways, I catch it and I respond differently. And I think the biggest thing that happened to me, which has never happened before, is my car was broken into. I live in Portland and this has been... I mean, it's always been an issue, but it's increasing. But there I was uh, taking a a hike. I just wanted to go clear my head, go out into nature. I live close to Forest Park. If you're in Portland, you know just where that is, this amazing, huge forested oasis of many miles of trails right there in Portland. So I go and um, it's just a quick trip. I just have my purse with me. And I pull up to the trailhead. It's just kind of off the side of the road. I park and I decide to leave my purse in the car. And I can tell you there have been so many times that I have come from work and I have like all this stuff with me, my bag, my purse. I've left so much stuff in my car, you know, because I figure I make this naive assumption that I'm off the side of the road in in nature, in this huge park, that I'm not down in the city. I'm not in this urban environment. I'm in nature. So it must be fine. Like who's out here breaking into things? I leave my purse. I only take my car key and my phone and the rest. I just put it in my purse. I shove it down into this passenger corner of my car and then I kind of cover it up. So as I was doing this, a car pulls up behind me and it's this SUV. And for whatever reason, I just get a weird vibe about it. Like I don't like the fact that it has come up behind me and it parks and, you know, hindsight 2020 for whatever reason, I just get a bad vibe. And this is how intuition and spirit works through us and communicates with us is through these really subtle messages and feelings and hits that we get. So I don't, I get this weird, bad vibe, but nothing that's so strong. That's like, you're in danger, get out. It's just like a, eh, don't like it for whatever reason. So I finish doing the hiding of the purse and get out, lock the door and walk across the road and get on the trailhead and start hiking. And as I'm walking away from the car, I hear a little voice in my head that said, yeah, but your whole wallet is there in your purse. And I just dismiss it. And I said, eh, it's going to be fine. But that was, that was spirit communicating with me saying, do you really want to leave your wallet? I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff in your purse, but you're leaving your wallet. <laughs> so I walk off, I get onto the trail. I come back. It's a 
an hour later, probably no more than that, I get there and notice that the passenger side window is smashed. Glass is everywhere. And of course, my purse is gone. It's just gone. Nothing else in the car has been touched or disturbed. That purse is gone. That car that was behind me is no longer there. So I lost everything and (laughs) thank goodness my phone was with me and thank goodness I still had my car key, but I had to go through immediately the process of stopping everything. All the credit cards immediately had to get the apartment rekeyed, mailbox rekeyed because they had my keys. They have my address. They know where I live. I'm completely freaked out. Like, oh my God, I feel so violated. Um, but I had a choice in how I responded. And I kept it calm and together and collected and just said, all right, well, I'm clearly very naive. I did not know that this can happen. FYI, for those that also don't realize that this happens, I'm just putting it out there. Maybe it's just me and I'm super naive, but I was speaking with my co-parent and he was saying that, yeah, people will park at trailheads and they'll watch. And he even said that, um, They'll, you have to hide, if you're going to hide, if you're going to take a few amount of things that you have to hide them before you get to the trailhead, because they'll watch where your body moves and where you lean to, to hide the things in your car. So they're watching. And I just, I was like, yep. I, if that person behind me, I'm pretty sure that that's who it was, but I mean, that person easily would have seen me lean over to hide the purse. Anyway. Um, I just accepted, okay, well, this has happened. It's gone. I'm going to have to deal with this now. Just move forward. And I also, um, felt really sorry for the person that did this, that they have that kind of energy, that kind of mentality that this is what they have to do is destroy somebody's property and steal that they have to take from somebody else. What kind of person, obviously somebody with some sort of resources, because they're out in the forest. So like I said, it's not in an urban environment where people are living on the street. Somebody has some sort of resource and they're taking, they're violating and taking from somebody else. What kind of energy that person must be in? What kind of place that person must be in? I'm like, I sent love and light and blessings saying, I hope that this serves you well. I hope that the lots and lots of cash that I had in my purse, because I love having all that cash because it, it just helps me feel really abundant when I have all that cash. Um, I hope that it serves them well. I hope it gets them whatever it is that they need or want. I also said, I've now learned my lesson. I will not do this ever again because I now understand, oh, people do this and this could happen to anybody. So lesson learned. Thank you. And FYI, later that night, I definitely did go into this, um, like anger of like, oh my God, now I have to replace all this stuff. I'm so pissed at this person because now it just added on to the work I have to do for all these different things to replace them. And, you know, so I definitely went into that for a little bit, but still went back to, yeah, but this person is in such a place that they feel that they have to steal and take and, and destroy and damage. But I also recognize the gift in it. Because to be honest, I had a new pair of prescription glasses and I just wasn't so happy with them. And I was kind of thinking, I wish I'd gotten a different pair. I don't love these frames, but it's past the 30 day time. So I can't replace them. So, or I can't return them, exchange them. So, okay, it'll be fine. And I'd also been thinking there's scratches on my sunglasses. I need to get them replaced. I'd also been thinking for a while, eh, I've had this purse for like five years now. I kind of like a new purse. Um, there was also something else. What was it? Oh, it was my wallet. The, the actual wallet that I have. I, for the past year, I've been thinking, oh, this thing is too small. I don't like it. I always have to like jam my fingers down into it to get the stuff out that I need. I really would like a new wallet because 
I feel like this one doesn't work for me, but I've never, I haven't gotten the things. I never replaced the things. So this was my opportunity. Had I not said I want new this and new that and exchange of this, replace this. Yeah. I've been putting that vibe out there for a while and well, here's my opportunity and I get to file a claim with insurance and get that covered. So here's my opportunity. Huh? There's a silver lining in this. And last but not least, it also felt like an attack. And I'll probably do a a podcast about this later on, but when I say that it felt like a test, it, it also feels like an attack. And that can happen when people start to really transition and really shift into their light and their power and their purpose and their mission. Darkness can come in and really try to take you back and try to take you down. And um, if you're not aware of it, if you're not aware that this can very much happen, it will take you right back and you're going to stay where you were because it feels really hard to move forward. And maybe you even think it's a sign that, oh, no, I shouldn't. No, 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 no. You're being, um, sometimes it's a test of spirit. Like, are you really ready for this? And sometimes when you start moving into light, into, um, kind of ascension and soul purpose, you start growing brighter and lighter. And with that, there's a, there's a darkness that comes in and I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't want to freak people out, especially if you're just now tuning into me and just now realizing about star seeds and 3d, 5d consciousness and all of this, there can definitely be a darker energy that comes in to try to keep you in your place. And, um, it did work for a bit. And like I said, all these energies, all these different things have been piling up. And I'm like, isn't this interesting that right after I make a podcast, um, about being starseeds, when I really actually say that into the world and decide to speak this into the world and start helping and saying and serving the starseeds, that these things start happening because it's been going on for a solid couple of weeks, excuse me, weeks. So I don't think it's any coincidence that these things have been happening. I think it's completely aligned and um, testing and trying to kind of put me back or keep me where I was or to put me in a dark place so I don't expand and grow. So just putting that out there, that's been my experience for these past couple of weeks. It's been challenging to say the least, but it's, um, it's okay because I'm aware and I'm moving through it. And if you all have been feeling, um, any kind of challenges or what feel like tests, then maybe this resonates with you that you might be tested as you ascend or as you step into soul purpose, life mission, into dharma, or into something where you really go higher, bigger, brighter, that you get tested in several ways, or that darkness comes back into play to try to keep you where you are. So that's my story for the week. Let's get into this being balanced for fall and this Ayurvedic perspective. So I'm just going to briefly go through some of these Ayurvedic ideas, concepts, and I'm also very briefly going to go through tips. Every single one of these things that I'm about to speak, I could do an entire podcast episode just on each one, each thing, each topic. I could do a whole long podcast episode on. So this is going to be very brief. Whatever it is that resonates with you that I say, any tip or idea that you you hear that you're like, ooh, I want to know more about this or let me dive deeper. This is not all encompassing by all means. 
do some research, get on the internet and, and learn more about this and um, dive deeper in the ways that you feel called to and inspired to. So for Ayurveda, in this Ayurvedic science that works with nature, it follows the seasons and with the season of fall and winter, primarily early winter, we come into a dosha known as vata, V-A-T-A, vata. And this is working with the elements of ether and air. So fall has come in and we are now in a space of ether and air. Everybody, doesn't matter what your personal dosha is, everybody in, in the Northern Hemisphere is working with ether and air, the season of vata. And the qualities that come with this are the qualities of cold, dry, rough, light, clear, and mobile, meaning it moves. These qualities in Ayurveda are used to describe everything in the natural world, and so the specific qualities that I just listed are specific to fall and to vata and what we're experiencing. And if you think about it, the weather is getting colder. It's getting drier. And you see that um, because of the trees, the leaves dry up and then they fall. There's a lightness and a mobility, right? Wind comes in and assists the falling of the leaves. So you can see how this, um, how these qualities actually show up in the season of fall and, and a clarity. Like, I, you know, people always talk about the crispness of fall, that it feels so clear and crisp. And that's because of the dryness in the air, the cold, but also that quality of clear. Things are clearer. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, in a bit. So there can be challenges with the season of fall if you don't recognize what's happening in the season and what's happening within you in the season. And this is important because you want to stay balanced through every season and every season is different. So you're not meant to do the same things, same practices all year long. It's meant to be in a rhythm, kind of the same way that when fall and winter hit, you're wearing warmer clothes. You change your wardrobe for the season, right? You change your wardrobe again for the summer. So you're already, we know to do this. It's, you know, with the, the temperature, we're kind of forced to do that. But you want to think about it in that way, that I don't do the same things all year long like a robot. I am nature and I can do these practices that help really align me with nature for better physical health, mental, and emotional well-being, and to have ease in my life. This is uh, this season of fall, especially for star seeds, because star seeds can really connect with a few of these qualities in a way that others maybe can't or don't as easily. So I'm going to, after I go through like the basic tips for everybody, I'm going to hit on a couple of things specific to star seeds, specifically for those who are connecting to higher realms, dimensions, uh, spirit, intuition, things like that. So how do we stay balanced and well through Vata season? In Ayurveda, you bring balance by doing opposites, introducing opposites, living with opposites. In the season, you have cold, so the opposite is warm, hot. You have dry, opposite is moist. You have light, opposite is heavy. You have mobile, the opposite would be static. And you might be thinking, okay, well, great, but how does that translate to my daily life? Like, wh what does that actually look like as a lived experience? I'll describe it as I'm going through the tips and recommendations for the season. But first, I wanted to plant that seed of 
this Ayurvedic concept, like increases like. So if the opposites balance, like increases like. When you're out of balance, you will actually crave more of that which throws you even further out of balance, which is strange to think about. But you'll notice in this season of fall where you have these qualities, cold, dry, rough, uh, mobile, you might find yourself craving um, popcorn. And this is a what? A dry, rough, cold food. So if you find yourself craving things, foods that are cold, that are really dry, like salads, if you find yourself um, just wanting to space out and not have any routine, which is um, mobile, then you may want to ask yourself, what's actually happening here? Is the dosha being out of balance compelling me to and wanting me to pull in more of the same because the like increases the like the cold will increase the cold and then you'll keep wanting to increase the cold and the dry or should I just take a moment and instead of doing what I want like I'm craving the popcorn think to myself okay so I'm wanting these dry cold rough foods right now but the season is asking for something for different. So how about, in, even though I want the popcorn, let me eat, drink, do the opposite because that's what's going to keep me in balance because the opposite keeps me in balance. I'm bringing that up so you can keep it in mind as you're listening and thinking about how you live your day, how you typically move through the fall and what happens. So you can have that in the back of your mind as you're listening to these recommendations and these tips. All right, so let's move on to the tips for staying well and balanced through fall season and early winter. You will want to eat dense foods. Dense foods are the quality of heavy right? So the season is light and we balance through heavy foods. What are dense foods? Okay. So that's uh, things like meat. Meat is very heavy and dense. Okay. I get it. Not everybody eats meat, but also look at what's coming from the earth right now. We don't have a lot of things growing on trees and on shrubs. What we do have are things growing in the earth, the tubers and things growing on the earth, the squash, the pumpkins. These are very heavy, dense foods. So we're bringing in that quality of heaviness to help us stay in balance. And of course, mother nature is going to provide that which keeps us in balance. Staying with foods, you'll want to consume foods that are moist, Nothing that's really dry, because you've already got the quality of dry for fall to stay in balance. You want moist foods. So you're thinking soups and stews. These are also warm, right? We don't want the cold. We want warmth. Warmth and moisture and oiliness from the stews and the soups. So good for the body and so good to stay well throughout the season. It doesn't mean you can never have a salad or a raw vegetable again. It just means you're mainly having these items, right? That it's your bulk of meals and recipes, not the only thing. And you're a bad person if you eat a salad. No, no, no. We're transitioning and thinking along the lines of soups and stews, especially if this is something that's new to you. You don't have to do it all or none. Just introducing a little bit more of this into your life is going to be helpful. So yeah, always keep that in mind. No matter what I recommend, it doesn't have to be all or none if it's not something that you're currently practicing. So we're just introducing these things. So sure, you can still have some raw, cold things, but you want most of what you're consuming to be warm and cooked and um, 
moist and oily. Yes, introduce all the oils into your food that you possibly can. You want the oil. It's so good and it's so hydrating during this season. Still staying with food, we have spices. You want well-spiced food. It doesn't necessarily have to be spicy, like adding hot sauce onto things. It, it might be. That might be your particular way of um, adding heat to everything. I know there are lots of people who have like a, a pitta imbalance that's, um, or pitta, yeah, that's out of balance. They add hot sauce to everything because they're already hot and fiery, like increases like they want everything hot and fiery. They're adding Cholula hot sauce to everything. So um, it doesn't have to be hot sauce. It doesn't have to be spicy, but you're adding spices. One, because spices add warmth and heat because of the quality of cold. You're balancing with that warmth and heat, but also because you have these denser foods that you're eating, right? Very heavy, very dense. You need the spice and the energetic, the, the fire of the spices in order to help digest and break down these heavy, dense foods. This is where you have your black pepper coming into play. This is where you have even um, cinnamon in the oatmeal. These warm spices help to break down and digest your food, not only add that energetic of warmth. Last one with food is to keep it simple. So you don't have all these separate dishes um, or these uh, kind of separately placed items on your plate at mealtime. Instead, you're thinking that everything is cooked and combined together, which is another reason that soups and stews are highly recommended because it's easier to digest because it's been pre-cooked together. You don't have to have all these sides and separate items. You can if you truly wish, but we're thinking about simplicity. We're thinking about easefulness of one, not having to do so much in this season because it's more of a season of rest and restoration. So throw it all into the pot. Get the, um, the Instapot out and just throw it all in there. Simple, easy, easier for you in terms of time, easier for your digestive system because it's pre-cooked and it's exactly what is going to help keep you balanced through the season. Yeah, just highly recommended simple recipes and meals. Moving away from food, let's talk about beverages. This is a dry season, so you want to make sure that you are staying hydrated. And this doesn't mean chugging a bunch of water all at once because it actually just goes right through you. The best way to stay hydrated is to sip water throughout the day. Keep it with you. Take little sips here and there constantly so the body can actually absorb the water, not just say, oh my God, like all this water just came through, flush it out. You also want the water to be warm. So you're staying hydrated and you're staying warm to counter the dry and the cold qualities of the season. I love warm water. I know that for some people, warm water is just the grossest thing. And I don't understand it because I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Like even in, even in the summer, I still want warm water, but I know that it just, it doesn't quite work. So I'll just have it room temperature. But if you're somebody that is used to ice cold drinks, maybe ease off of the ice cold. If you're used to getting iced lattes, uh, remember like increases like, so maybe you're like craving even more of the cold, the icy beverages and opt for something that sounds that, um, you love for the fall. So if it's that iced pumpkin latte, maybe you get it warm this time, even if it's a habit to get uh, your lattes cold and, and see what that feels like for you. If you're somebody that usually drinks ice cold water, maybe drink it room temperature. If you can't go to warm water, if that, if that's just like, nope, it's too big of a step. I hate warm water. Um, try it room temperature. 
that's warmer than ice cold and, and better than where you were. If you're trying warm water and you don't like the taste, then adding a tiny bit of lemon is helpful. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great option as you move through fall and winter for keeping you balanced. So just keep track and keep dibs on what you're currently consuming that's really, really cold and iced and see if you can transition to something that is at the very least room temperature, but ideally warm. It's so nourishing during the season to have the warmth. It feels like a warm hug. And that's what your body's really wanting and calling for in this season. Regardless, make sure you stay hydrated. So another way of hydrating yourself isn't just through liquids that are coming in through the mouth, but through the liquids in your food, right? More liquid in the food, but also through oil. One, oils in the food, which I've already mentioned, but also putting oil on your body, doing a self-massage practice that includes oil. This is a highly therapeutic practice. And I mean, there's so much more that can be said about it. It's called Abhyanga, self-massage that you do with oils. You might want to consider replacing your lotion because I'm not talking about lotion. I'm not saying put extra lotion on your body because it's not, it's not the same. It's not going to work. It doesn't matter how natural it is. It's still got extra stuff in it and it's just not as nourishing and as hydrating as oil. I mean, how much simpler can you get? It's the ingredients. It's just the oil of that seed, of that plant product going right into your skin, which is your largest organ. So I don't know, people don't seem to think that what they put on their skin matters, but it goes right through, down in through the skin and into your bloodstream. So if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, I don't know. I, I just have this thing. If I wouldn't put it in my mouth, I definitely wouldn't put it in my, on my skin. Cause it's, it's going in the body. <laughs> it's definitely going, it's seeping in. So this practice of Abhyanga is taking warm oil and lovingly taking time out to massage it all over your body. If that feels like it's too big of a practice for you, then you can just get a nice oil that feels right to you. And the oils can vary based on your dosha, what works best for your body. You can look that up. You can start just simply um, putting oil on, a little bit of oil on after the shower in the morning or at night if you shower at night or before you get into the bathtub, rubbing oil on and um, sitting in the bath and you don't have to wash it off, right? It's hydrating you. It's nourishing you in this extremely deep and profound way. There, there's a reason that there's so much about Abhyanga and this practice of love. And I, uh, what is it? Sneha? I believe the word is Sneha. So the same word for oil is also the same word for love in Ayurveda Sanskrit. How amazing is that? Oil is love. Love is oil. Lube your body up. Yes. Get the oil going. You, yeah. <laughs> you can't put too much oil on or in your body. So of course you can, because it's going to like get all over your clothes. But really what that means is your practice of self-love is through the oil and the fat and the moisture and through Abhyanga, that practice of rubbing oil into yourself, the self-touch, the self-massage. It's, it's a whole thing. So at the very least, consider buying some oil and putting it on after the shower instead of lotion and maybe just see what happens. But this is a way of deeply hydrating the body. And also whatever's going on in the body is connected to the mind and the emotions. So if you're I'm not going to get into all of that, but the mind-body connection is is very real. So 
you're wanting a very hydrated and uh, nourished body so that the mind and the emotions can also be balanced and well, and um, it'll help reduce feelings of fear and anxiety and worry and things like this. But that that's, I digress. With vata and the qualities of mobility, uh, vata dosha, this ether and air, the energy tends to go up and out. So it's, it's kind of like in space, it's just expanding outward. But also if you add in that quality of air and wind, it can like move out and around erratically. So in order to balance during the season, you want to bring the energies in and down. And this is where we get to this next tip of grounding, grounding yourself down, down, down. So you can do this through your foods, right? Because the foods are coming from the earth and growing on the earth. It's a way of grounding you. The density and the heaviness can actually ground you because of these light, etheric, mobile qualities of vata. You're using your food to go down and to root you, the density. But There are daily practices that you can do with this, such as going outside in nature, fully being immersed in nature, actually touching a tree. And I I don't know what it is. I do this all the time. I'm always touching trees. I was at the Portland Japanese gardens one time and I'm just like touching a tree and like hugging on a tree. And I just look, I probably look so crazy, but there's a connection there. Touch a tree, touch nature, touch something that's growing in the ground. Actually connect with nature, be out in nature so that you're um, more grounded. Earth is dense and heavy, so you want that connection during this time. There are a lot of other kind of things that I like to do to ground. You can ground through essential oils that are very um, grounding, very kind of root chakra. There are crystals that you can have. I I love my um, black tourmaline, my hematite. There are so many different stones, essential oils that you could tap into to help ground you. I carry them around with me. I'm holding them. I have them around me. This might be something that you're totally into. Go for it. But you still want to have this idea of grounding, down, 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 heaviness, staying on the earth because the natural propensity is to have the energy during the season go up and out. And best of all, if you're able, go outside with bare feet. I don't have a yard, so I tend to wear sandals that are earthing sandals that kind of keep me actually connected to the earth. But take off your shoes. Like when I go to my daughter's soccer practice, I take my shoes off and I stand there in the grass, my bare feet touching the earth. We're one of the only animals, or excuse me, the only creatures on the planet that never actually touches the earth. We never actually walk upon and touch the earth. Everything else is always on the earth, on the trees, They're touching nature and we don't. So even if it's just in your backyard, you're sitting there in the evening, lounging in your chair, take off your shoes and socks. Maybe take off your slippers and just let your bare feet be on the earth. And even if the ground is wet, even if the ground is cold, that's, in my opinion, even better because you're soaking in the elements that... Uh, the rain that comes or the coldness and how alive that feels to have your feet on this cold earth because you don't have to keep them there, right? A couple of minutes and then you can be done, but just ground it down and connect with the earth. Also, because this is a time of mobility, that thing like with that quality of air, you think of wind and mobile, things are moving, having a routine, can be grounding 
for people. So if you find that your schedule just keeps blowing up and getting crazy, try to anchor as many things as you can in your calendar. Try to keep things as consistent as possible. And that brings in the quality of heaviness, steadiness, of being um, grounded down is because you can count on this, depend on this. It is a routine. The last thing that I want to mention before we get into this, a couple of starseed specific tips is um, this concept of letting things die. And I know that can feel kind of triggering me using that word die, but we look to nature. Nature is in a process of letting things die, letting things fall away, letting things go. The green turns to brown and the brown dries up and falls away. So this is something where instead of doing the opposite we're at and, and staying attached, this is actually where we're tuning in to the cycle of nature and we can do the same. We can actually use this energy of fall to let go, to let go of whatever doesn't serve us, to release whether it's property, whether it's items that you have, whether it's relationships, uh, habits and things that no longer serve you, you can tune into this energy and let it assist you in letting go of that which no longer serves you, that which you no longer need. This is a time when you can clean out and clear out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, karmically. I mean, we've got big stuff that can happen through fall if we tap into this energy. And it's why people love doing fall cleanses is because this is the time when you can change because things are so mobile. You can tune into that mobility and change in a direction that's for the better. You can let the old fall away because that's also what's happening in mother nature and you are supported in that. What is it that you can let die? What is it that you can let go? You are supported in that in this time. Okay, these are the ideas and tips that I have for people that are identifying as starseeds or kind of thinking, yeah, I might be a starseed or somebody that you just resonate as somebody who's highly spiritual. One, you definitely want to bring in a lot of the tips that I mentioned before. But let's talk about one of the qualities that I'd mentioned at the beginning, which is clear and light. There is a profound clarity that's coming up in this season. And this clarity is something that we can tap into, especially in the wee hours of the morning. So waking up just before the sunrise, and it's a practice that's, uh, what is the name of it? It's not a practice. It's, um, it's called Brahma Muhurti, a time before the dawn, before the sun comes up, when things are so clear. And this is the Vata time of day. So the doshas go through the hours of the 24-hour clock. This is the Vata time of day from, uh, what is it, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So those wee hours of the morning are when you have clarity and there's kind of this, this connection between this world and the other worlds. And this is why in a lot of spiritual traditions and a lot of monasteries globally, why they wake up in these early hours. Why in the world are they waking up at 3.30 in the morning for prayer and meditation because they all know and understand and feel this energy of the pre-dawn hours as a time to connect. So if you're looking to really connect with intuition, to connect with your guides of love and light, to um, kind of transcend and ascend, this is, or, or even for your own personal clarity, 
this is the time of day to do it. This is a time when you can really tap in. If you sit in the silence, if you sit in the quiet, if you sit in the peace and the clarity and the stillness that's provided, you can go there. You can definitely go there. This is the time when you want to tap in. This time is extremely expansive and open. Do you have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning? No, but sometime before the sun comes up would be great. But this also might mean that you need to go to bed earlier. And aligning with Ayurvedic practices, wake with the sun, go to bed with the sun. So in the season of fall, this is also for everybody, go to bed earlier. The sun is going down at like five, six o'clock. You don't have to go to bed at five or six o'clock, but if you're used to going to bed at one in the morning, dial it back, dial it back. We're living with the seasons and we're honoring the, the rhythms of the season. So especially if you're wanting to tap into this energy of the early morning, go to bed earlier. It will serve you so well physically, mentally, spiritually. It has scientifically proven benefits of going to bed earlier, not going into that right now, but I'm highly recommending that you start to tap into these wee hours. Something else that's happening because of this clarity and this lightness of the season is that you'll notice globally, there are indigenous practices of connecting with ancestors all over the world. This isn't just Day of the Dead. This isn't just Halloween and spirits. This is globally traditions have the practices of honoring the dead, honoring the ancestors and the people who have come before them. That is because the veil between this world and that is thin. The clarity and the lightness. You can tap into this other world. You don't see these practices happening in the spring or in the, the fire of summer. No, they happen in the fall and there's a reason why. So if you have been called or interested in doing ancestral healing or just connecting with your good, true and beautiful ancestors, this is the time to do it. Even if you don't feel like you're connected, Simply setting that intention and setting up an altar space where you're um, making offerings to your good, true, and beautiful ancestors. This is an incredible practice. And actually, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about ancestral healing and ancestral practices, just touching on a little bit of it. I can go into deeper stuff, but it's it's really just an intro. So think about ways that you would like to connect or honor your ancestors. They are here with you, whether you like it or not. They are in your blood. And um, they, yeah, they're here. They're here. Not, I don't mean that they're here as in like they're in this 3D world or like ghosts around you. Although that may also be the case. Um, it's a problem. But um <laughs> The ancestors who have cr truly crossed over and um, are in the ancestral realm, the spirit realm, they're still with you because they're in your blood. You're part of that lineage. And last thing I want to mention is that because you do have this thinning between the worlds, you want to make sure that you are staying protected, energetically protected. Please make sure that whenever you're meditating or connecting, anything like that, that you're not just opening yourself up to anything. You, you don't ever just say, I'm open. You specify who you're open to, what you're open to. Because it's not just everything. Because there's not so good stuff out there. And I don't just mean people. There are negative entities, beings around, and you're not opening yourself up to them or to that. Because if you just open yourself without the clear intention and you're just 
opening, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get and what you're calling in and what you're hearing and listening to. So please always make sure that if you're tuning in, tapping in, that you're always setting that intention. I'm connecting to um, beings of unconditional love and light and service to all humanity. Something to that effect where you're very clear this is who I'm wanting to connect with. This is what I'm wanting to connect with. Not just, I'm open to spirit. Uh, it, no, <laughs> let's set the intention of what kind of spirit and what kind of energies and what kind of, um, yeah, just, yeah. So be clear about who, what you're connecting with, but then also you can think of, so that's a way of protecting yourself during this really lucid time but then also you can imagine yourself um with a bubble like a i mean you have an energy field around you so you can imagine yourself with this protective bubble not because it's protective like it's a wall or something that's solid that guards you and um walls you off from humanity from your experiences as you move through life but as something that's permeable so you let in that which serves you and that which does not serve you it doesn't come in it's like a cell wall like a cell membrane and also the things that don't serve you that are already like within can be released so imagine yourself with this protective egg around you that lets in what you want and need what is good for you what serves you and doesn't let in anything else and it can be as simple as that setting that intention and envisioning it i mean there are there are more specific and directive practices that can be done but it, we don't have to get into all that just keep it simple and easeful. Okay, that is it for today. Please, if you are enjoying the information that I'm putting out there and what's being offered, leave a review and subscribe and definitely let me know how things are landing for you. I so appreciate you and your time and for being here with me and I cannot wait to connect with you again. Remember that spirit guides but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.